0: Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. We are in the thick of the 2020 Olympic Games, bringing you the full coverage, the top Olympians to give us their in depth analysis on what they're seeing from the sidelines, from their couches. And today we are talking to Olympic champion, breaststroke legend, and YouTube extraordinaire, Cody Miller.
1: Man, you you have gotten really good at these intros. You're making me sound way cooler than I feel right now. <laughs> I feel like a, a guy just trying to juggle kids, but that makes me sound filthy. I oh, feel really good. Thanks. I'm
0: a kids stuff you're you're getting ready for isl and uh but 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 we're not talking about any of that today we're talking about these these olympic games because they have delivered we have to start with this 200 breast last night the women's 200 breast might might have been the best individual race we've seen at the game so far uh take take me through that race for you what what were you thinking watching that
1: i think the top two races of the meet from a spectator standpoint, what was the, the men's 800 meter free? Uh, that was, I mean, that was insane. His last 50, that was wild. Uh, yeah. yeah, Congrats to him. That was huge. And, but the women's two breath, like I barely slept last night. So for those listening, we're recording this the, the next morning. And, uh, I was so, I've had a hard time sleeping this week anyway, but like last night I was so riled up that, I mean, you know, there's a few things I look at. Like, I, I obviously, I trained with Lily and Annie. They're, like, two of my closest friends. They're, like, family to me. And they swim the race so so differently. Um, and Lily has been noticeably off, and her stroke's been a little off, and she's been struggling. And, I mean, she fine-tuned her stroke. Like, you could tell the first 100 meters of her race. She was out 106. She was out fast, way ahead of world record pace. But it's not just that she was out quick. It's how she swam. I mean, you could see in the first – the first third of her out sweep of her pole was a lot smoother. And she was, she was gaining momentum as she was getting into that catch position instead of kind of churning butter and kind of making that typical breaststroke mistake of just spinning, you know, all breaststrokers, even the best ones in the world kind of fall into that trap of they stop holding water and you sink a little bit and you know, it happens to the best of us. It happened to Lily. And so for her to get out and, and, you know, come back off and go that lifetime, best time break two twenty, 20. And I'll tell you what the last like five meters, I mean, Annie was in fourth or fifth until, to like a few inches to go and just got the touch and i thought i was gonna have a heart attack watching her finish the race and obviously it, i think you say is her name pronounced tajiana because there's a j in in her yeah, name that, okay. i'm gonna go with that i feel i i feel horrible for anyone from from south africa that's listening hopefully that that's right but i think you say her name tajiana but her swim incredible i mean that was world record. Amazing. I mean, just that, that race alone, I just, we could talk the whole podcast about just that Tanner breast, but I mean, I was blown away. It was exciting. It was fun, obviously for me because I'm super close to two of those girls, but that race delivered. Um, and that was one of the few races where I think we've seen the effects of having finals and prelims a bit because we've seen a lot, I think, We'll we'll see the anal- you guys will do the analytics after the games are over. I'm sure, but from just from the outside looking in right now, it looks like we've seen a lot more faster times in prelims and and in semis compared to the finals. But that women's chin or breaststroke was was one of the fewer events where pretty much across the board the whole field was faster. I mean, the top five girls were 221 low was way faster than what happened in semis. So it was just it was exciting, man. man I just I'm like just
0: jacked thinking about it, man. Yeah, no, we can we can keep talking about it because it's yeah, I think it's worth it. I I feel like Lily and Tatiana kind of kind of dragged that whole field with them, right? I mean, they were just out so well. And like you said, it wasn't just like they were flying and dying, like they really thought out their races, but but went for it and were aggressive on that front end. Uh one thing I just was staggering, Tatiana, the number one time in like the world record in finals, the number three time, like performance ever in prelims, number four time in semis.
1: (laughs) She's been on fire.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, she, she looked really good. And you
1: can see, you can see where she made the changes. I, I, this is like the hardcore breaststroke nerd to me, but you can see it on the third and the fourth 50 where she made those gear changes The way she kind of lifts her head and chest together, it's unique. Like it looks like she's popping up, right? It's like, it looks like this. It's a very unique stroke, but her hips stay high. And you can tell when she starts to lengthen out that stroke and then shorten up her elbow, her elbows get a little bit deeper and she starts to pull a little bit more water and she ramps up a little bit. She's not quite like Annie, like they're just so, so different, but you can tell like 30 meters out in the final 50 of the final, she geared it up more than she had done before in the prelim and the semifinal. And that's what ultimately made the difference was that last 30 meters, because I mean, we kind of knew she was going to catch Annie or uh, she was going to catch Lily, who was obviously out in front. And although Lily faded, she, she didn't really die. She still came home in like seven low and, and she was still actually holding water towards the end of the race. But Tajiana just accelerated that last 30 meters. I mean, she took like three strokes to kind of set up that final gear and she hadn't found that final gear until really that final race. And it made, I mean, dude, world record. Like it was just, I, I like, I watched it happening. I was like, this is it. Like it's happening. You know, it was, God, it was, it was so incredible.
0: That Thank you for providing this context because us lay people don't, don't see th- the small things that make the difference. Um, but it, I mean, yeah, such a great race to see. So, so coming into the final, I don't know if, if you had talked to Lily, but did you see this swim coming for her? Obviously I think you guys knew she had it in her, but, but having the meet she'd had so far um, being in lane two, I think. Yes. Um, you know, did did you think she was gonna pop something like that?
1: Well, obviously we knew that that Tajiana, I hope I'm saying her name right. I, I feel so bad. I'm not positive, but uh was was gonna be good. Like we knew she we knew she was the clear cut favorite and it was gonna take a lot because I think Lily's best time before that was like a I don't even know if she'd ever been two twenty. Yeah. I'd have been a two twenty-one. Um and so I, I knew I had talked to her quite a bit and I knew she was going to take it out. Like I, I knew what she in Lily King fashion was going to put it on the line, but I'll be honest with you. I did not know she had that in her right now. I, I mean, I always knew she was capable of going two twenty. She's just that good. But even, even Lily, who I consider to be one of the goats, I mean, she was, she was rattled, man. She had a poor performance and we're not going to, you know, pity her too much. She won an Olympic bronze medal. Like things are, she's doing okay. You know what I mean? She still won a medal. Um, but she was, she was off by quite a bit and you could see it. And, and she was, uh, I I talked to her a bit and she was obviously a little bit upset with, with how it went, but at the same time, you know, she's older now she's more mature and she fully recognizes how awesome it was for Lydia to win that race because that was her five years ago. She was this young up and comer, never been to a major international swim before the first Olympics, all that. I mean, she's been in that position before. So she, she understands that she gets it. And at the end of the day, Lydia just had the better swim. And she she flat out said she was like, I was not my best. And Lydia beat me. And I'm happy that I won a medal, you know. And so I think she had the right mindset. But I mean, to answer the, the honest truth, I, I did not know that was going to happen. I knew she was going to send it. Um, as we like to say, send it. I didn't know she was going to be able to go out 106 mid the right way she went out 106 smooth right like she was much longer she carried water she was high in the water but she wasn't forcing it right there was no force she typically has a much higher rpm much more i mean she takes more strokes than everybody else across the field but you could see she kind of held that long glide just a little bit just a little bit more out in front and i mean that made the difference because she was able to hang on and win that silver medal but I was, I mean, I was just as shocked, just as excited and shocked and all, all the emotions, man, all of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it seems like after, after her hundred performance, which again, bronze medal kudos, but obviously not what she wanted, um, you know, off her best time. Uh, But after that performance, having, having a swim like that, it's like, it's who cares what medal you get? Like, dude, how, you know, being able to put together such, such a masterful, masterful race for her. Um, and then you had Annie who at the hundred was, was like, I was like, okay, I know she like can come home, but this is, this is a lot of, close. yeah, she was cutting it
1: way too close. I thought, I thought like before the race started that Annie was going to be closer to the field at the hundred Mark, mm-hmm. um, and that was also me not expecting Lily to be able to go out in 106. So I knew, like I said, knew she was gonna send it. And and I mean, both South African girls were out quick too. And I mean, any borderline negative splits her race. Like she is such a back half pony, it's kind of crazy. But I mean, her last like 10 meters, she just surged and barely got. I mean, just she got the touch, right? She had the magic fingers at the right time when it counted, and that was extremely exciting, especially after, I mean, I was basically weeping in that pre-roll, you know, before the race started when they were showing the relationship between Annie and Lily and kind of what they've been through together and how their friendship has blossomed and how Lily was there for Annie when her dad passed away just a couple months ago. And, and, uh, for them to ultimately stand on the podium together, it's one of my favorite Olympic moments of all time. Like I was, I mean, pretty much crying just like the whole time. One of the reasons I was too jacked up to fall asleep last night. Um, but I, I I thought she was definitely a favorite to win a medal. But I mean, anybody, I, I hate this. Anyone who armchair quarterback t- too hard is like, oh, I knew, I knew she was gonna do great. I knew she was gonna win. Like, you never, you don't, you just don't. Even though a lot of the races have shaped up about the way we might have expected, and some not, you just you don't know. Like when the chips are down and the lights are on and everyone is standing on the blocks, you don't know. Because you know. One of my, not to go off on a tangent here, but one of my favorite Olympic moments so far was Caleb winning the 100 free. And just the joy and relief and sadness, like all of the emotions swirled up into this one moment where he just basically starts crying because, I mean, for years, people have saying, oh, Caleb's going to win. No way Caleb loses. No way Caleb loses. He's the best sprinter on the planet. He's the best freestyler on the planet. And guess what? There's a lot of other really good guys. And Kyle Chalmers was coming home. And so you... I don't care what anybody says you did not know he was going to win that race. And especially the last 15 meters when Chalmers was charging, you did not know, but it was exciting. And and I love that. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be that guy. That's like, you just, you know, that's why we watch. That's why we have the race. That's why it's, that's why it's fun. That's,
0: that's why we have the race. And we've had some races where we thought we knew and we didn't and like talk about a race delivering in that men's hundred freestyle. Um, even it, 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 it hurts me just just a tiny bit that Chalmers was two lanes over from Caleb or, or maybe just one lane over, but, you know, they weren't neck and neck. That,
1: that might have made the difference.
0: And it might have made the difference. <laughs> it, it, he, Caleb, Caleb might have uh, given Kyle a little extra, extra wave to ride on going out, and that might have made the difference. Who knows? But um, <clears throat> women's 800 free relay was the same thing. We thought Australia was untouchable. And, uh, you swim the race and a couple things go a little differently than you, than you think. And bada bang, bada boom, they end up bronze. Um,
1: I, I was going to say like, just, I, I just, I mean, right when you said the 800, the first thing that popped in my mind was the women's mile. I mean, obviously we expected Katie to win. She was definitely the favorite, but seeing her win that race was so satisfying. Because she had, she was having a Rocky meet so far, you know, she wins a silver medal in the foreigner freestyle. And I say wins because she won in a contested, amazing race where that Aussie just had the swim of her life and crushed it. And Katie, Katie had, I think it was the sec, her second fastest time ever. So She had a great swim. She just got beat, you know, and then she misses the podium in the tuner freestyle and that, I mean, you, you, you've got the the greatest athletes in the world are able to kind of put that past and just look forward. And I don't think it has ever been harder for her than in that moment. And for her to go out and like win the mile. And then obviously seeing Erica Sullivan win the silver medal a girl from my club team. I just, you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever told anybody this, but I was Erica Sullivan's first coach ever. I was her stroke school coach when I was in high school, I was like 16 or 17 years old and I ran the sandpipers stroke school group. I, I don't remember how old she was. She was, she was young. She was like seven or eight years old. We just, we were doing 25s, just teach her, just do the laps. And, uh, so I've like been jokingly texting some of my friends. I'm like, you're welcome America. I, uh, just, I coach, I coached a girl to, you know, I'm just kidding. Ron gets all the credit, you know, that's just, that was amazing. So seeing her win that silver medal was pretty cool because I know probably better than anybody else. Just what that program goes through, like how hard they grind. And um, was it you who did the podcast with Ron recently? Yeah. Okay. I listened to that. That was awesome, by the way. And just hearing him talk about the way he prepared those girls, you know, doing the mile at the end of that practicing camp. I mean, he just does things that other people are either scared to do or aren't willing to do. And it dude, it worked. I was so, so psyched to see those girls win. So.
0: Yeah. It, I mean, uh, that club team obviously has been on a roll. They they have four Olympians um, just, just this time. Right. And uh, yeah, talking to him in that podcast, I'm not someone, you know, from a coaching perspective, I'm not someone who's like, who who likes a lot of yards or a lot of distance after that podcast. I'm like, put, put me in. I'm, I'm training for the mile, <laughs> Like, because, <laughs> it's so he everything he does is so thought out and so methodical and he it's not just like he's like well we're doing 3100s today because we're gonna get tougher he's like no we're doing 3100s today because there's a reason we do this and because this is the zone we need to hit and this is what we're trying to go for and this is how it's going to make us better in the race (laughs) at the end yeah he's one of i mean not one of the few
1: because but he's probably one of the best coaches that can point to something that to someone who doesn't know anything about distance training would think, why would you do this? This is just absurd, but he can tell you why you're doing it. And, and more importantly, he can convince the athlete why they need to do it and what they need to do. And he did that with me. I mean, he said on the podcast, like in high school, he had me, you know, we we found out that right about 65, right about 6,500 a week. And that's where I was capped, like anything more than that. And my stroke started to fall apart and I couldn't finish the week. And, and it's like, you know, the perception that everyone on Sandpipers has done egregious amounts, does egregious amounts of yards is not 100% true. A lot of them do because they can, but it's not like he's giving that to people who aren't going to benefit from it. You know, and I think that that's like a message that sometimes gets lost in just hearing these ridiculous sets that some of these swimmers do um anyway very very exciting and I, I'm super happy like I was able to Blake Peroni was in the was in the stands and he sent me a video of Ron like swinging his arms during Erica's mile and that was just I saved that it was like my favorite thing ever I'm just I feel I feel like a proud big brother right now for a lot of reasons man <laughs> it's so cool like this week is so cool
0: you yeah. know this week has been cool I think especially heading into the meet just with Team USA being really young and, and a lot of people being like, okay, what's going to happen? How are we going to look? And then for so many to get on that podium and to have great swims and to, I mean, honestly, to do what team USA normally does, which is, which is perform on that stage. It's, it's been really cool to see a lot of these younger swimmers or less experienced swimmers step up though.
1: Yeah. I was texting with my buddy, Rob, and he does a, like a lot of analytics. Like he's like a hardcore swim nerd. He's all over swim swam. swim. And, um, He's like, the team USA is going to win close to, if not equal to the number of medals that we won in 2016. Like we're on track to do extremely well. And I think on paper, you know, coming out of trials, looking at it, it didn't look that way, right? There was a lot of doubt and, um, for them to perform this well, it's been like just unreal, unreal, exciting and unreal fun to watch, especially with, like you said, such a young team. Yeah.
0: So, so I have to ask you about the men's hundred breast. Oh you, yeah, yeah. You have a medal in. Uh, we saw. We, first of all, just Adam Peaty. We saw him do it again. He's the what goat. You think? <laughs> well, I think that,
1: you know, I I think similar to what we saw in 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 Caleb's eyes immediately after he finished, you you get a slight sense of just how hard it is to stay on top. Like it's, it's so hard. It's, it's very, very rare for someone to repeat a gold medal, regardless of whether you're the world record holder, or this or that. I mean, it's just, it's just rare. It does not happen very often. And even when he went that 57 three, you could see that slight sense of relief in addition to just the pure joy and, and all the awesomeness that was kind of happening around him. Um, but it's just stellar. I mean, he owns like the top 20 times in the world and um, for him to, I will throw down I mean another just ridiculous time to stay that close I mean, it, it's there's no other way to put it like it's amazing and the field was really exciting to watch I that's one event that that shaped up about the way that I thought it would in terms of the times that it took to medal I thought I thought 58-2 was gonna was, it was gonna medal and it ended up taking like a 58-1 I think was uh the Italian one um one bronze (laughs) yeah yeah i mean well just looking at it we had like four or five guys that were 58 lows so that i mean that it that kind of shaped up the way we kind of thought it would be we weren't positive but obviously arno was like the favorite to win the silver um being the only other guy to go 57 i love his stroke um he's gonna be just a disgusting short course i mean he already is but um You know, it was, I would have loved to see Michael Andrew kind of get his hand on the wall, but you know, it just, it wasn't his time in that moment. And and that's okay. He's, you know, as, as we're recording this, he's got more races to swim and, you know, I think he can definitely bounce back, but, um, that was, you know, that's my, that's one of my events. Like that's one of my favorite events. And it was, it was very, very exciting to watch. Um, especially seeing how many guys take it out 27 low, you know, 27, three or faster, We've never seen a time, and I mean, breaststroke keeps getting faster, obviously, because because the force of Adam Petey, It, it you know, anytime someone breaks a barrier, more people are like, "Huh, maybe I could do that too," you know. Um, but it's just the way that people are doing it, you know. Like when I look at when I look at other breaststrokers that swim similar to me, like I look at a guy like Andrew Wilson who 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 comes home better. Like he comes home thirty-one low, um, but he's not out quick enough. You know, he's not out quick enough to put himself in the race um a guy like Michael Andrews shoots himself when he's at his best goes out 7 low um but there's a bu- there were a bunch of guys in that field that were out quick i mean yes Petey was out first but it wasn't it wasn't by a whole lot you know like it was, it was a little a little close too close for comfort uh, from the jump and i actually thought leading into that race that you know i was talking to some of my friends they're like hey what do you think's going to happen like is Petey going to dominate by a full second and he ended up winning by 7 tenths of a second so he he did dominate really the last 30 meters of the race. That's where, where he just kind of surged. But before that race happened, looking at it, Arno had been 57, eight. He'd already gone 58, in, I think prelims hmm. and PD had been like seven mid and then seven, a little bit higher than that. So I was like, okay, if PD's off and he's seven high or seven, even seven mid and Arno is on and he goes a best time, there's a, there's a chance. There's a chance that he gets dethroned maybe a small chance but it but it was possible and that's another thing that i don't think people realize because now you look at the results you're like oh my god pd dominated he's awesome um, but that just goes to show like how good pd really is because there was more pressure on him in that moment than probably ever before and there was more of a chance for him to lose that race than ever before maybe a small chance but it, it's there you know like that we're, we're gonna see that guy keep getting faster like he's i think he's i mean he's 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 good. <laughs>
0: So that's my take. (laughs) Totally. And that's, we've seen a lot of, of dominant athletes look touchable at this meet, whether they, whether they have maintained their dominance or, or not, but it's like Adam Peaty, Katie Ledecky, the, the, uh, the Australian women in the four by two, um, Lily King. It's like these athletes who've been undefeated for years, years and years who've been at the top of their game and just it's like, no one can beat them. And then for at this Olympics, for whatever reason, it's like, oh, wow. Like people, people are rising. People are getting up there. We're seeing the competition just ascend. And, uh, it's fun as a fan. It's fun to watch.
1: Dude. It's so exciting because as much as I want these people, like as much as I wanted Lily to win the hundred breaststroke, cause she's like my sister. I also love seeing Lydia win that gold medal and, and seeing the reaction to the crowd in her hometown in Alaska, just erupting. Like, how could you not cherish that? And, and there is a part, and that's like, when I say Lily, she's not the same person she was at the last Olympics. She's gone through so many experiences and and matured and grown up. I mean, you see the way those girls kind of embrace each other and hug at the end of that tuner breaststroke, you know, like that, we never saw that years and years ago. And, and unless you're legitimately Michael Phelps, it's very rare that you go out on top 100% of the time. I mean, even Phelps at the end of his career and in his latter half was beat. And, and part of the hero's journey is dealing with defeat and dealing with the ev- the inevitability of losing and no longer being to maintain that dominance. And for me, get, now that I've kind of get, gotten older and I've been beat and, and, and in the latter half of my career, I, like, I look at that and it's like, okay, how do you resp- – How do, like how people respond to those situations, how people respond to getting beat, how people respond to not feeling good, how people respond to having a crappy race. That to me is almost more, more interesting and intriguing and sucks me in. More so than just watching Ledecky just lap people over and over again, you know, like being able to see, I know I keep talking about Lily, but being able to see Lily turn it around and go a lifetime best time by almost two seconds in the final of the two breaths after getting knocked down. Like those are the things that, that I like get super jazzed up about because those moments I think are, are more special because it means something. Um, yeah,
0: that's, that's my take. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, the, the hero's journey. I I love that you brought that in um, because I love that we get to have those narratives in our sport. Um, And it, 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 like you said, it gives it meaning. It makes it more relatable because it's not just, Oh, I, I beat everyone by, by, by miles and miles. It's like, Oh no, they, they actually, you get an insight into, like you said, how hard it is to actually be at the top. Um, And those downs kind of, kind of make it more relatable and and give the audience a little more to, to to work with and be like, oh, right. They are a human being. (laughs) They, they, they can have downs too.
1: Yeah. I just think it's way more interesting to look at someone who is doing it again. Someone who is someone like watching now, watching people who are a second time Olympian, watching people who have done it before how they perform and how they respond to adversity and how they deal with situations is far more interesting because it's easier when you're younger. And when you're coming up, everybody will tell you that it's easier when you haven't stood on that podium. You know, it's, it's, it's so much easier when you, I don't, I I don't want to go off on a tangent here. So I'll just, I'll just stop right there and just say it, it it just is. Um, And it's, it's, it's been fun to watch, man.
0: I I was just talking about this with, um, with Lenny Kraselberg a little, a little earlier today, but I think it's so funny that, um, you know, the Olympics, it's just a swim meet. There's a lot more hype and a lot more media and, you know, and people remember when you win, but it's just a swim meet. And it's, it's just about who's on that day. Right. And you can go a world best time. You can break a world record. You could swim, the, the, this time or this performance that stands out in history, people won't remember it. <laughs> people remember if you win a gold medal. I I think that's such a funny juxtaposition of like, is that really measuring athletic performance or, or I don't want to say worth cause I don't want to tie worth to like, you know, athletics, but you know, is that, is that really the best measurement we have of, of like, I won this day versus I went this time that that's, that's historically great. I mean,
1: that's the ultimate debate, right? Because in my opinion, Michael Andrew is one of the greatest swimmer who's ever lived because he is on and wins all the time. Um, and as of this recording right now, he hasn't won. He hasn't won a medal yet. I think he still can. I think he probably will. Um, but when you just, when you look at the bot, it's, I, I look at swimmers careers over the, the body of work and the ups and the downs, and not just, like you said, not just that one day, right. That one day that happens to have more hype and more media attention. And, um, that's the interesting debate, right? Everyone has a different opinion on it. Literally, literally everyone. Yeah. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, well, Cody, I, I appreciate you taking the time. It's always great sitting down to chat with you. Um, we've got two days. We've got two more final sessions. W- what are you seeing, especially in these medley and mixed medley relays? I can't speculate on the mix because. <sighs> there's thing could happen.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the, like I go back and forth on how I feel about the mixed relays because mm-hmm. on one hand they're very cool. It's exciting. It's new, it's different, but yeah. even people like me that are like as invested in the sport as you could probably be are like, eh, do I have a spreadsheet in front of me? No, I don't know. You know? Um, also I've like been talking to a lot of people and I like, I know stuff that I can't say. So
0: I, I can't, I can't, I cannot comment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay. I, I, I do want to, your take on the medley relays though. Uh, men's and women's we've got, we've got challengers, yes. right? Uh, Australia for the women's side, Britain for the men's side. Um, what do you think has to go right for us to take gold, which I think they have very yes. legitimate shots in both yes. Again, they have, they have pressure.
1: So I think that the biggest factors and I'm not just saying this because I'm a breaststroker. I have like been thinking a lot about this, but I think both on the men's side and the women's side, the biggest factor is going to be the breaststroke split. Because when you look at it on paper, some of our biggest challengers have got legs that are going to just trump us. I mean, obviously we've got Caleb on, on the butterfly leg of the men. So, so that's one. So like you count it, you kind of counteract Adam Petey, but by how much is the question, mm-hmm. And the answer to that question is, well, what does, what does our breaststroker throw down? What does Michael Andrews split? And we're going we're gonna to see what that dude is made of. You know, we're going to see if he's got it in him. I think he does. I, I fully believe he's got it in him. But I think that that's the key. If, if we have a good split, if we, have, if we have a 58 low, then we're okay. If not, we're in a little bit of trouble. That's, that's just from the outside. Look, there's a, there's a, a few other things to kind of nitpick, but I think that's the biggest factor and the same with on the women's side, because even though Lydia won the Hunter breaststroke individually, there are other legs that will be faster than us. And so we need, we need a difference maker. And based on how Lydia has been swimming her races, I think from a technical perspective, she has the most room for growth in terms of how much faster she can be on this relay compared to her individual swim. I think that she can keep getting faster. I think she will be faster. The question is how much, right? And that's what's going to be exciting to see. But just technically speaking, how how she swam the race, where she made her moves, where, how she built little things, she's got room for improvement. And that's a good thing because she already, she already won. So now it's like, can you be the difference maker that gives us the edge that can give the win and the gold medal? Maybe? I hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed, guys.
0: <laughs> we hope. We hope. Yeah. Uh, dude, yeah, Cody. It's always great talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time. Any any parting thoughts before we sign off?
1: You know, I have like avoided social media so much the past. I mean, really, like the past six months, just staying off it, just for like my own mental health sake, just to like avoid what people say about me and stuff. But I just think that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of mud throwing going on and there's a lot of positivity too. I don't just want to focus on that, but there's, there's a lot of slinging mud at athletes for maybe not performing the way you want them to. Um, But I just want to just send the message that, Hey, like all these people are human and they're all doing their best at all times. And you just need to realize that like you're not in their shoes. Like you, unless you have been there before, and you've stood behind those blocks and you've been in their position the odds are you do not know what they're going through you don't know what they're experiencing and they're all trying their best and i think that that's like my parting message to everybody is just just accept that you know the spirit of the olympics is just we're all doing our best and fingers crossed and that when the chips are down we'll just we're going to see where the dice lay and then we can celebrate it we can talk about it but we just we need to be kind about it that's that's my my opinion so just be nice everybody just just be nice
0: you've been listening to the swim Swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel for more videos as well